0: There's nothing new under the sun, okay? That is God-breathed scripture, right? There's nothing new. What is new is your voice, and what is new is your story.
1: There may be nothing new under the sun, but when the sun's rays of light hit us, we each cast a unique shadow. Do you want to know what yours is? What makes you uniquely qualified for the mission God's called you toward? Today, we welcome Kathleen Kerr, Senior Editor at Harvest House Publishers. Kathleen has 13 years experience, and I first met Kathleen when she signed me for my first two-book contract with Harvest House Publishers. So whether you are an aspiring writer or someone who feels like you can't take on that that big mission of yours because of fill-in-the-blank, I know you'll be blessed by this interview with Kathleen So the big question is this, how do Jesus-loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith, like us, who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling, how do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve, the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Kathleen Kerr, welcome to the podcast. I'm so stoked about this. We just got to catch up a little bit. Kathleen and I go back to, I want to say 2012. I still remember when I got the phone call. Hey, Caleb, how's your day going? it's going good. Do you want me to make it better? And (laughs) I had a two book deal with Harvest House, was a dream come true, was working for it for seven years and since then have learned so much through one, Kathleen's editing of my books. Uh, You think you're this fantastic writer until you meet a great editor. (laughs) And uh, obviously learning through that entire process of writing books, nonfiction, later fiction. Kathleen, you- grew up around books. It's in your blood. So I would love to hear a little bit of your story, just getting into books. And then I've got some follow-up questions where I want you to take us into that pub board, like the very first time you walked into one. So Kathleen, welcome to the podcast.
0: Let's start there. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I was born. I was born. No, I was born into a family that loved books, and it was impossible to not be a reader growing up in my family. My mother was a writer. My father is still writing children's work, um, and he's incredibly lauded in the industry. So we were having his publisher and his editor over to dinner all the time, and they were coming to church with us. It was just part of who I was and who the family was. And dad was a children's lit professor as well. So all these publishers were sending him new kids books and asking him to review those. And then we'd get them when he was done. So that was always just part of the family culture and the family atmosphere that we were talking about what makes a great book. So I got started officially in the industry when I was 16. My very first job was working at um, a little bookstore called Pooh's Corner. And if you imagine in the movie You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Oh, favorite movie. She has the, oh yeah, it's great. She has the shop around the corner. It's like that bookstore where you just get to read everything and you have kids all around you and you get to recommend titles to them and find that great book because I believe so firmly that there are no kids who aren't readers. There are just kids who haven't found the book to make them a reader yet. Mm. Um, So then I moved from there um, to an acquisitions editor position at Zondervan in their kids department. So I was working on their middle grade material Um, and just getting to say, okay, how can we shape these kids' early understanding of religion? Um, I think so many kids' books in the Christian industry are legalistic. It's just about this is how you look like a Christian. This is how you act like a Christian. And I wanted them to fall in love with Jesus. I want all the books to be just about falling in love with that person of Jesus and getting to know who he is in their lives. Um, so that's been my driving principle. I think for my whole life, every job I've ever had and every job I hope I ever will have is in some capacity about children and books and Jesus. Um, and right now I'm an adult nonfiction editor. So right now that's very much books and Jesus and I've got two little kids at home. So that's the kid aspect for me right now.
1: I could like see my computer just catch fire with what you just (laughs) said in an amazing way, like in the best sense of the the term. I came from a a very legalistic background. Mm -hmm. I'm already saying like, Kathleen, (laughs) please like do more of what you're doing because it is behavioral modification and this cheap religion that doesn't have you falling in love with the person of Jesus can be so destructive. And just, uh, it's it, it's this idea of we're raising these little Christians who are kind of useless because they don't really know <laughs> the person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why they're leaving the church, I think, because church has not been a space of safety. It's not been a space of delight. Um, and enjoyment and engagement. It's just been okay. Here's where I have to sit still. You know, in some cases, not in every case. And that's I don't mean to make that a smaller issue than it is. Um, but yeah, if we can just start there, if we can wow. say we love Jesus and here's what He did, and here's why that matters in every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. I think we'll keep the kids.
1: Every aspect. I love that. Jesus isn't the uh, you go to church on Sunday to learn. Like this is. This affects every part of yes. your life, and uh, I love hearing that, Kathleen. And when you said, "I, I got to go back," because you had mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that, "Hey, I'm, I'm teaching my kids Scripture and Shakespeare." It, it yes. sounds like your life is walking through Downton Abbey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you were created for this, and and I, I love the fact that you didn't say I edit books. You said, "I like this is how I got started because of this." problem or this this is like kind of one of the pains i'm looking to heal like kids need to know about the real jesus like what an amazing mission that you have and one of the things i would love to hear is that first time you got to walk in and discuss a book and whether or not to publish it
0: wow i walked in so green to that particular conversation my very first time i had a document prepared so this was for zondervan um And it was, they have what's called a PD. It's the proposal document. So they will take whatever proposal the author gives and they'll put it into their own template. Um, And most publishers will do that. For them, it was this PD. So I had prepared that. And then everyone looked at me and they were like, okay, go ahead and present this. And I was just like, me, what? What do I have? So I don't know that I did a great job with that first one. (laughs) <laughs> but So that was certainly a humbling experience that was teaching me come in a little bit more prepared for this and prepared to answer all these questions. Um, so, yeah, now I try to go into those meetings very well prepared for all sorts of questions um, that might come up about the author's history and how they engage with their audience um, and how their message has grown over time.
1: Wow. And that was my next question is now you're looking back over your shoulder. You have acquired a lot of writers. You've made a lot of pitches. And, you know, we're talking here on the Riskers podcast. That is all publishers have done is taken risks on new writers. Now, there's obviously writers who have had a a following. They've they've published multiple books, but there have been a lot of risks on that next new voice, that person who who you're so firmly like, man, like God is speaking through this person and we've got to get this. Tell me about some of those Risk. some of the ones that maybe went by the wayside it didn't happen but other times where the publisher you know the whole pub board went okay kathleen we're going to take a chance and you look back now and go wow look at the lives that have been touched because of this oh
0: my gosh those are my favorite favorite stories we just signed one a couple months that was a lot like that um i got a proposal and it was pretty similar to a book that we had already published just pretty recently and it hadn't done super well So I was going to reject it just because it was too similar to that other book. But then I thought, okay, I'll just read the writing sample a little more closely. And my jaw was on the floor. It was incredible. And I could not reject it. So I sent it to another editor um, and to our CFO. And I just said, I can't reject this yet because I wish I could write like this. (laughs) And the editor replied back and he's like, you are not rejecting this book. Um, And he really came to bat for it as well. So we brought that to the publishing team. And we just said, if there's a risk we're going to take, it needs to be on this book right now because this is a voice for this time. Um, so that book is actually in the writing process and you know, have me back on in a couple months and I'd love to tell you more about that. Um, wow. But you know, occasionally we do get to have those projects where it's like, no one knows this yet. This author is just at the beginning stages of platform building, but they have been developing their writing voice for decades they have done that work they have put in the words you know all that word count that time of apprenticeship they have figured out what their voice is and what message the culture needs and they're ready to go let's come alongside Um, wow what an
1: encouragement to this is a a statement i hear from a lot of writers it's already been done Hmm. that that topic's been covered why is that so false
0: like oh my gosh because, well, you know, A, they're right. There's nothing new under the sun, okay? That is God-breathed scripture, right? There's nothing new. What is new is your voice, and what is new is your story. So you might have a topic that I've heard before. You know, I work in the, um, the women's Christian market. Trust me, it's been done before. That is a very crowded field that's covering a lot of topics and covering them well but your story is brand new to this market that hasn't been shared yet. And maybe it's time for people to hear that, to hear how the gospel mattered in your life, how Jesus met you. And maybe that can urge them along that journey themselves.
1: Wow. This, um, my wife, uh, Brittany shared a, a great book with me, uh, not in the, the the Christian niche, but it was called Educated. Read a couple uh, passages and it oh enjoyed me. The, uh, the beautiful writing, the thriller-like pace. Yeah. Um, it's amazing what voice could do. Someone could tell the same story. I, I've kind of heard that story multiple times of someone growing up and maybe a secluded uh, more bubbleish, and yeah. this person obviously more so than, than many, but it was the writing. It was the voice. Absolutely. Dory yeah. that same wow, blew me yeah. away.
0: I totally agree on that title. Um, I remember getting that and I had about 11 people tell me within the space of a week, you really should have read this by now. <laughs> so I picked up a copy and Then I just told my husband, like on a Saturday morning, you're on kid duty for the day because I'm going to be on the couch reading. It was just literally could not put that book down.
1: Wow. Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at www.calebbrakey.com. You've now been in publishing how many years, Kathleen? It'll be
0: 13 years next month.
1: Wow. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah, thank you. What hurdles remain right now? The publishing industry has gone through a lot of changes. There, there has to be a lot of no's. Uh, there's, there's a lot of bemoaning of it's so hard to get published. It's so hard to reach people to break through. And and I like to tell uh, those those people who I'm helping, like it's a really good thing. Like, like not everyone should be able to have a voice, right? You right. should be able to, you know, build up that character and and that that audience by your by the way you live and by the way you write and by the way you stick to it instead of it just being really easy. That yeah. said, it's still difficult. So what it's challenges hard. remain in publishing that you look at and go, man, this is this is where we want to be. You know, moving forward. Here's some of the hurdles we want to get past.
0: Yeah. Well, first, let me say, you know, just to the concept of not everyone should have a voice in publishing. No, not everyone deserves maybe to have that book out. Um, I meet so many people. I know you've met these people too, who have the hardest stories, who have gone through unspeakable grief, who have experienced things. I pray heaven I never have to walk through. And I think there's a sense in in which people think if, if I'm, if I'm not writing this down, this doesn't mean anything. If I haven't shared this and helped one person through this, then it doesn't have meaning. So I just want to write it down so I can put it in a book and it'll help someone. And then all that I've lost will matter and will mean something. And that's simply not true. That's not true at all. And I I think people should be writing what they go through for their own healing. um, Because writing is a healing process. It's a way of grappling with our thoughts and getting all of that done on paper, organizing what we think. Um, But it doesn't necessarily then need to go into the market. Um, And, you know, there are exceptions. I mean, I've read a lot of abuse stories and then Educated comes along and that one's different um, because of that writing voice. Um, Okay. So then just in terms of what hurdles remain for the publisher, um, where I want to be is Absolutely Christ-centric. What I see so much of in the Christian market is, okay, this is what worked in the secular market a couple years ago. So now we're going to try it in the Christian market plus Bible verses at the beginning of every chapter. Um, I'm so tired of that. Um, So books on habits have done really, really well in the secular market in the last couple years. So now I'm starting to see proposals for books on habit forming, Plus, we'll have a part or a chapter on spiritual disciplines. And it's just exactly the same stuff. And I think Christian books should be different. If we have the greatest message, they should be different. um, And not just trying to follow that particular trend. So that's my hope is just to see Jesus Christ on every single page. And so often I don't. Um, So often I will see books, I'll see proposals, um, you know, best-selling Christian books where I don't read a thing about... Christ's work on the cross and Christ's resurrection and what that means for me, Um, that I can look at these Christian books and not see anything about the eternal promises that are made in scripture. And I'm tired of that. I mean, I I want something very, very different. I think we ought to look different as an industry. So that's always my hope that I I want to be pushing the conversation in that direction to the extent that I can.
1: Give yourself a megaphone and preach this. Um I love hearing because there's a few things coming out there. I'm not sure if the listeners picked up on that, but you're talking about there are some bestsellers out there that are not the best message that are not diving yeah. into the depths of this greatest message, this greatest story. And 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 we as believers, you know, I, I've heard it in many ways kind of like Christian art, Christian whatever it is, should be at the best, the forefront yes. because We have a creator who who is that. He is the creative one. He is the one who blessed us with all these different ways to to tell his story, to dive into his depths of his grace and his love. Yes. You are looking for that specialness, not necessarily what's just going to sell. Right. However, you work for a publisher that does need to sell copies. How do you, as the acquisition editor, walk that line.
0: It is a really, really thin line, and that is the central problem and opportunity of my career, I think, and the career of every publisher. Every Christian publisher is in this for the ministry, and every Christian publisher is in this to support their families, and support their employees, and you know, to get to invest in the next generation of Christian leaders. We are in this for both of those things. So yes, there are absolutely times that we will take a risk on things and sometimes that risk pays off and sometimes that risk really doesn't pay off. But here's where I just console myself. Um, if we take a risk on a book that isn't going to sell, but I think it was an important one, not selling doesn't mean no one bought it. You know, Not succeeding means we might have lost a lot of money on it and it wasn't a good risk for us to take but there are some people who did read it. There are some people who might have been touched by it in ways that we will not know on this side of eternity. So we balance between it. Some of them, sometimes we are taking ministry risks and sometimes we are taking business risks and those just go hand in hand. Um, At Harvest House, certainly we are really committed to, all of our books will be biblically solid. Um, We will be able to back up what these authors say. So we are really, really careful when we're scrutinizing these manuscripts you know, to make sure there are no actual heresies in them, um, <laughs> but also to make sure that there aren't any, any subtle teachings that can undermine the gospel. Um, any, any ways that an author might be saying, okay, here's how you fix it. Here's how you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Um, if you just believe a little harder, if you just try this and, you know, here are these quick tips that might get you a little further down that road that aren't all about Christ's work, you know, that's something that we're concerned with. Um, so we're all of us, and, you know, I'm speaking for the larger industry here because I know a lot of editors who are in that same space. We are all concerned with making sure that message is the right one.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. There are probably a lot of writers listening or aspiring writers. They can go to a conference. They can learn five, you know, tips on writing better. They can learn here's how to build your platform but there's this concept of just becoming the person mm-hmm. that you as the acquisition editor is looking for. And I know that includes the writing, that includes the, uh, the platform. But if you were to just describe that person right now, who is that person who is becoming the person that you just cannot wait to sign?
0: Love that to, question. I want to hear that. Okay. I meet a lot of writers who are waiting for a book contract to give them legitimacy. And they think I've got this great message. And as soon as I can convince a publisher to give me a book deal, then I'll be able to give interviews. Then I'll be able to write some articles. Then I will be able to share my message in a lot of different ways, but I'm going to wait to do the website. I'm going to wait to start sharing this message until I'm legit. That's exactly backwards. What gives you legitimacy for an acquisitions team, for an acquisitions editor, for all of our sales and marketing people who are in those meetings is that you are already sharing your message because people who can't wait to share their message, they're already out there and they are establishing themselves as the experts in the field already. There are so many avenues open to writers today to get to share a message. So if a book is your end goal, great. Put in a couple of years first, establishing yourself as that expert, as that go-to writer that people want to hear about. So write articles for online magazines, be blogging about this, do some emails on this subject, um, get really, really focused on this message. Maybe you have a podcast on this, um, but whatever your message is, whatever problem that you're seeking, whatever problem it is that you're seeking to solve in the world that you think you have a unique angle into do not wait. Preach it. Shout it from the rooftops. There are so many rooftops we have these days. So I'm just looking for people all the time who are already sharing this message and they have proven that they have a following for this message.
1: I love that so much. One of my new favorite quotes is: has been this idea of you must become the book to write the mm. book. Yes. Like, Go, <laughs> go live out that story and, and passion of whatever it is that you are, you know, the problem you're trying to solve, the, the, the pain you're trying to heal, just go, go do it, like become it. <laughs> and then just yes. look back and your, your book's already
0: written pretty much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if your thing is, I mean, I've got a really good friend. Um, some of you might know her, her, um, her name's Kathy Lip, and she's a great writer. And her thing, um, oh, she was writing a lot of different sorts of books a lot of different Christian living books and marriage and such. Um, And then she was going on this journey of decluttering. And this will sound like it's way off base, but she went through this and she was the daughter of hoarders and she was getting toward that space herself. And she was like, I don't have to live this way. So she went on this journey and all of her stuff now is so 100% focused on that So she's written a number of books, which have sold super, super well, that are all about the spiritual aspect of this and what it means to declutter not just our physical spaces, but also ourselves and and, um, the spiritual work that can be done during that time. And if she hadn't been living it, she would have gone on to just hop from topic to topic to topic on Christian li- and you know generic Christian living. But now she's focused, and her readers know exactly what they're going to expect and get from her.
1: Wow, that is so powerful. I'm I'm thinking now. I've many conversations around tables. It just seems like a lot of us Christians are just walking around, heads underwater. We're trying to breathe. We're we're so unaware of the problem. We're living in it. We have all these false narratives in our head, you know, kind of the Brene Brown. What's the story you're telling yeah. yourself right now? And so many people are telling themselves this crazy story that has not allowed the power of Christ to just smash mm. through that and transform them.
0: Yeah. And what
1: a beautiful, yeah. uh, especially focus.
0: now, right? You know, especially with COVID, with this pandemic, with I mean, there are so many things to panic about this year. Um, You know, with maybe you know, you have listeners who were somehow involved with the um, the protests over the racial injustice, or that was affecting them, or I mean, the pandemic certainly, and all the election, and I mean, the doom scrolling that we're constantly doing. That's my favorite new word of the year because I do it all the time. The doom scrolling. There are so many things to panic about, and how can we as Christians show ourselves to be different? And I think it's right here, right? It's in the valley of the shadow of whatever we're dealing with. That's where we can say, we already know the end of the story. So I'm seeing a lot of book proposals right now that have been conceived in this pandemic, in this space of chaos. And what I love is that so many of them are saying, we actually know the end of the story. We know that there is peace. We know that this is huge. And it's also a blip. In history. And we know that our pain is where God shows up. And that is a solid promise that God shows up in the water and the bread and the wine and in our pain. Um, We know he's here. So let's not lose focus on that.
1: Man, amen. Winding down, Kathleen, I always ask this question, fill in the blank, risk is blank.
0: Risk is an open door and you have no idea what is on the other side of that. You know, the biggest risk I ever took was maybe not so risky in terms of, you know, the people you're talking to. Um, For me, it was, can I move to Oregon? Um, And that was, I grew up in Michigan, and my whole community was there. My whole, everything, my family, everyone I loved was in that state. And can I move west of the Mississippi? I've never even been west of the Mississippi. I don't know anyone except the people I have interviewed with. and will god bless us there and yeah yeah actually it turns out that you cannot go farther than god's hands um and risk is just another way of saying what's next what's next and i don't think you can go so far that god won't be there to catch you just see what's next
1: And kathleen this has been so enlivening and so uplifting Thank you a ton for your insight, for sharing your 13 years of publishing, editing experience, and just hope for writers who are listening and others who are just, whether it's writing or not, seeing what it takes to become a person who has their heart set to make an impact. Whatever God's calling them to, to share that, to make their lives about others, Absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being You're a guest. You're
0: so welcome. Thank you for having me, Caleb. Thank you for listening to the
1: Riskers Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best selling books and build world class platforms. To learn more, go to www.calebbreakey.com.